Today's episode is presented to you by Best You Mental Health Clinic. Best You is a practice that provides a compassionate space, uniquely treating each client based upon their individual needs to reach their goals. At Best You, we believe mental health is not a trend, it is a lifestyle. Best You Mental Health Clinic is currently accepting patients 16 and up, accepts all major insurances plus self-pay. If you would like more information, visit bestumhc.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith. And yes, it is day three in Vegas, and it's very, very early. I'm actually about to go catch a flight, a very early one. But with the time zone change, and by the time I got home and settled and set up, I just figured I would do this super early, get it out. You've got the whole day to watch it um, or listen to it. I apologize if you've been watching on YouTube. I've been able to handle it pretty good the past two days, but today I'm strictly on hotel lighting. Um, So (laughs) doing the best I can here with the resources I currently have. But uh, it was either this lighting or the other option looked like I was shooting a low-budget adult film. So (laughs) sorry. Sorry, and it's really early. I'm a little sleepy. I'm a little tired. Um, so I'm going to try and stay on track for this episode. Um, I want to do a quick reaction to Mark Few. Okay. Gonzaga head coach, Mark Few. I was right there for his presser yesterday and was, I'm glad someone else asked it. Cause I was waiting. I was letting all these West coast conference people ask their questions and if someone didn't bring this up. I was going to bring it up, but somebody did. And that's what we're going to watch here. Or you're going to, I'm going to play it for you so you can hear it. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, uh, he was point blank asked about the big 12s. Uh, smoke that's happening and I want to react to that and then I'm going to talk to you about what my favorite conversation was from Mountain West Conference Basketball Media Days and then I've got some content from yesterday a bunch of different coaches man I got Patino on here I got Alford on here uh, San Diego State Boise State Leon Rice uh, Utah State and then uh, Air Force as well and and those were the ones I was able to get so that'll play the basically the second half of this episode again kind of like earlier this week if you're listening on one of the platforms look at the timestamp so you know who it is that's talking um, for for each question as I have it all spliced together but um, let's look at this coach few coach mark few or listen and um, let's react but before we do if you're watching on YouTube if you're watching bright and early on YouTube you know what to do like subscribe comment at the end share it with a friend uh, we're almost to 4,000 YouTube subscribers thank you so much if you're already subscribed and if you're not a subscriber I'm encouraging you to subscribe we're less than 150 away from 4k and that's the goal I'm trying to get to that's the goal we're trying to get to uh, as a part of this big college game time family and then if you're listening on one of the streaming platforms please leave a five-star rating please leave a review I would greatly appreciate it and now to mark few this is a WCC media day, so I mean we're playing in the WCC this year, and you know, that's kind of all I'm focused in on right now. Is just you know, this coming year in the WCC, and, and uh, you know, this stuff's been going on a while. So we just when it happens, it happens. If it happens, it'll happen. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We just, just kind of dialed in on this. So. Is that the reality of just today's 
totally in college athletics that it's it's all everyone's gonna be talking about going the reality of that and whether it's transfers, players and conferences and you know, you just live today and live in the present. Try to make it the best day possible and totally dialed in to trying to make this the best year ever had, the best year these guys have ever had, and just kind of boil it down to that, so it makes it easier, so I'm not fretting all this stuff that hasn't happened or might not happen. Okay, so let me give you my thoughts, and then I'd love to hear yours in the comments. Um, Initially, he definitely sounded like he wanted nothing to do with that question, and what's interesting is I, I couldn't get the audio of it on on camera, but the way the person that asked the question framed it, and I'd tell you who it was, but I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. There was a big group of people there. But basically, he, had, he kind of had said uh, the Big 12 headlines have come out. I would imagine this wouldn't be a thing without your approval, was what he said. This wouldn't be a thing without your approval. Talking about, in other words, Gonzaga wouldn't be going to the Big 12 without Coach Few's approval. He said, so I imagine you, you, you have a hand in that. And then, you know, so tell us what that means or whatever. I can't remember specifically. It was essentially, you know, but tell us about that potential possibility. And Mark Few initially looked like he wanted nothing to do with the question. But as I listened to his answer, and I've played it back a couple of times. I'd encourage you to do the same if you're that interested. He really sounds to me like a guy who's getting ready to coach his swan song in the Western, the West Coast Conference. Not his swan song like for his career. I don't think at least. I think he's got some more time. Um, I don't think he's, he's that. I don't know that he's there yet, even though he has been at it for a long time, a lot of years. But I really just feel like, yeah, he's kind of just saying, this is it. But... I'm not going to let the fact that this is it take away from what we do this season. He really obviously wants it to be a great season for his current team, and and they're not going to focus on what's next, but it's all about right now. And a lot of that is typical coach speak, but just seeing his body language and how he's responding and even there at the end, and I'm not trying to read too much into it, but he said, you know, when it happens, and it was almost like he caught himself and went, oh, oh, or, 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 or if it even happens at all. Uh, I, I'm sure he's been in the mix with these conversations and things like that. And I always like reacting to this stuff, and I feel like I've got a pretty good track record with it as far as picking up on people's body language and tones and what they're saying. If you remember, we talked uh, early this summer when Jed Fish had said some things. I did a reaction video on Jed Fish, and I was like, tell me this doesn't sound like a guy who's getting ready to be in the Big 12. And sure enough, about a month after I posted that reaction, Arizona's headed to the Big 12. Now, this doesn't have to be super break. I mean, there's pretty credible reports out there linking Gonzaga to the Big 12. There's been smoke around that for the past year. I just thought it was interesting seeing Mark Few, Coach Few, who you know is a part of this decision and just seeing how he would respond in that moment. And it's typical coach speak for the most part, but in watching his body language and, and the only other thing on that is the fact that Gonzaga, you know, they get a lot of their NCAA tournament units playing in the West coast conference. Now I'm sure whatever payout they would get from the big 12, um, 
would would wash that out. But it's interesting because the report said the original report from earlier this week says that the Big 12's expansion into the Northwest was sort of rekindled by the West Coast teams joining the ACC at a reduced rate. So if you're coming in as a basketball-only member, that's already going to be a reduced rate from full members. But then is it going to be even more reduced? And how is that going to compare to what they currently get? The only thing I know for sure that's advantageous for them in the West Coast Conference is that the West Coast Conference does not handle their NCAA tournament units like the other conferences do, where it doesn't matter who gets the units, who earns the units, it's typically an evenly distributed um, uh, to per per team in the conference, whether they made the tournament or not, the West Coast Conference does not do that. They, in fact, they changed that some years ago when the Mountain West was courting Gonzaga, and now you get more of what you earn, basically. So, either way, just curious what that all looks like with the Big Twelve moving forward. But um, I enjoyed talking to Coach Few. I talked to him afterwards a little bit offline about uh fishing and then the second thing and then i'll play you the rest of uh the content i got from from day two of mountain west conference basketball media days but man the best conversation i feel like i had yesterday was with air force coach um joe scott all right now what you got to know about joe scott is he's a princeton guy i mean like princeton offense and Regardless of what type of basketball, what style you enjoy, you have to have an appreciation for the Princeton offense if you're a basketball fan. It, 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 there's, a, there's a poetry in motion type, type vibe around that offense. And what some of you may not know about me, and this is what was an interesting connection in my conversation with Joe Scott and why I think my quick interview with him, which you're going to see in just a second, was different than probably any of his other ones, is because... I used to coach high school basketball. If you've been a listener for any time now, you, you probably have heard me say that before. If not, now you know. And one of the things, one of the coaches that I worked for um, for a couple of years, we ran the Princeton offense, and most of it was right out of Coach Scott's playbook when he was at Denver. And there were two staples to the Princeton offense. One is called a point series and one is called a chin series. And you see elements of this all the way up to the NBA, even, even today. Um, and so I started talking to him about that and he kind of just lit up. And so on, on his clip, it kind of picks up. We were already in conversation and I was like, here, here, he, let me, hold on, let me start recording. And so you'll hear him reference point and you'll hear him reference chin and just know that's staples to the Princeton offense that he's talking about. And he, it's just a kind of a three minute sort of him just talking about it, but it's, it's, it's the sort of the revolution, the evolution, I should say the evolution of the Princeton offense. Cause that's what I asked him. I was like, man, it, you've had to evolve this system over the years as the game of basketball has changed. You know, how have you managed to do that? And we just kind of got in this conversation and, you know, he was a part of that staff at Princeton that upset UCLA in 96, I think it was in the NCAA tournament. And, um, a lot of the staples of the Princeton offense, like they 
created that year, point and chin, according to what Coach Scott shared with me yesterday. I mean, they, they came up with those in 1996, which I'm – as the, the basketball purist and fan in me and just, you know, historical nerd, I'm fascinated by that. And it's just coming up with a, a philosophy or a scheme that just didn't even exist prior to. And he talks a little bit about that. And I've got um, – I'll probably get a short up some point with just that clip, adding some like actual video highlights of it um, that y'all can that y'all can see if you know if you care enough on that. <laughs> I'm not trying to ramble on it, but I thought that was a, a, a very interesting conversation. You know, he actually played for Pete Carrill at Princeton back in the early '80s, and then coached with him in the '90s. He was a head coach. He's been a head coach at Air Force before, and he was a head coach at Princeton. He's a head coach at Denver. Uh, now he's back at Air Force. And like I said, whether whether you're a you know a, a fan of that style of play or not, it, it's it's. I don't know. It's to me, it's kind of like the triple option or the air raid in football, where it's just it's one of those staples in 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 basketball history that you know, love it or hate it. I mean, you can't you can't deny the impact that it's had on the game because you do see flashes and glimpses and pieces of that offense sort of in in other systems that are ran today, like I said, all the way from, you know, high school up to the NBA. So I'm going to let this reel run. It's Friday the 13th. I'm about to get on an airplane. If you're a praying man or woman, say a prayer for me uh, that I get home safely and y'all enjoy your weekend. We have a big matchup tonight in American Athletic Conference football with uh, Tulane at Memphis. But that's it for me today. Enjoy your weekend. Unless we need an emergency pod over the weekend, I will see you Monday. Well, I mean, I like what the word you said is uh, the evolution, you know, of what we do in our offense because, you know, to be honest, I just had two high school coaches at uh, my practices the last three days from the state of Washington, and they had come and watched us play uh, when I was coaching at Denver, and they had seen what we did at Air Force when I was here the first time and they saw that evolution and then they were just at practice the last three days and their number one comment was I cannot believe the stuff that you are doing with with you know the changes you know the evolution uh, and and that's what we continue to do and for me you know it goes all the way back to when I played for coach Carroll Princeton my mind goes back to 1983 mm -hmm. you know so what was what were we doing in 1983 you know and I have that full evolution from 83 to 92 you know what I mean to like I told our guys to use the words you said well I told our guys guys you don't even know this is point and we invented it in 1995 coach Carrill and Bill Carmody and me we sat in down and we went out and it didn't even exist prior to that mm. you know and then it grew like you said I know I know when we created chin in mm. 19 you know I know I, so that evolution and that background for me is what helps me sort of continue to move forward and make these changes because in the end they're not really changes they're just evolution adjustments and that's what makes it easier for my our guys because we're never doing anything new it's just almost the same but this little tweak here that little tweak here this different action here and it's all done to try to figure out a way in this league we got to do things different we mm. got to play different we got to constantly be like a major like 
battle for these teams in this league to like play mm. and we're getting there you know what I mean but that is really the philosophy behind it is is okay we got to play Boise State we got to figure out how to beat San Diego so well, guess what we got to do some different things and we got to do it really well differently and that's what we're doing and I sort of like where we are right now in that regard well, to that point, what what are your expectations headed into this season for this team? You know, my expectation is sort of, uh, you know, is and like I've said to our players, okay, we have a plan, you know, and that plan is not to replace anybody. Mm. It's not to replace any one person or anyone's production or anything. Our plan is a plan to make us be better. You know, our plan is to is to make us keep improving because we've improved. We have gotten better and we have to keep doing it. That's part of this process for us. It's going to take five, six years. You know, when are we going to get as old as we can be? Because every team in this league is older. I don't even know how old these guys are. Uh, so that's part of our process. And, you know, my expectation is, uh, like I said, we got this four-part plan. How are those pieces throughout the whole season going to come together? And if they do, well, the design is to make us continue to get better. And, you know, there's some unknowns, juniors who haven't played, that, you know, we've coached you. We've coached you hard for two years. You're now a junior. You're 22 years old. And you know what? I'm saying get in there and you gotta, you got to help us. And I'm doing it because I know that's the answer. It's the right thing for us to get better. These guys have to sort of embrace that opportunity and that challenge. And uh, if they do, I think we got a chance to keep getting better. Coach, just curious, heading into this season, if there is a player or set of players that have pleasantly surprised you over the offseason, maybe some guys that aren't getting talked about that you have high expectations for in the upcoming season. Not really. I mean, I, the hard part is over the summer when you have newcomers, there's not the stress of the season. So you don't really know what you're getting uh, from them. So, you know, it's real comfortable over the summer. And you try to ramp it up a little bit more in the fall. And then obviously now we're two weeks away from an exhibition game. So we'll see. You know, I mean, it's it's a little bit different when the lights come on. So I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, it's every coach is dealing with it right now because of transfer portal. You're getting a lot of newcomers. So you don't really know what you have, uh, but excited to find out. How do you feel overall about your roster? I think we've worked our butt off to uh, retain, right? Everybody's on these one-year contracts now. Yeah. Uh, we've retained some terrific players in Jamal Mashburn, Jalen House, Donovan Dent, um, and then we've added some terrific pieces. So uh, we'll see where it all goes together. But, you know, I, I, I think more than anything, when you take over a situation we took over where you, you have to really rebuild, you want to be in the fight. And uh, I, I think we'll be in the fight, and I'm excited about it. Coach, just real quick, I'm sure the way last season ended, it, it put a jolt into the team this offseason and preparing for the upcoming season. Is there a player or set of players that pleasantly surprised you that maybe no one's talking about right now, have kind of flown under the radar that you have big expectations for this season? We had two really good freshmen last year that couldn't get on the floor because we were so experienced and talented. So Miles Bird and Elijah Saunders are very good players that will get an opportunity this year. Jane Ledee, who was good last year, uh, coming off the bench has been a beast in practice and we all knew that he's getting more opportunities getting more minutes and I think he'll elevate his game as well coach I'm just curious this offseason is there a player a group of players that have been a, a pleasant surprise that you have high expectations for in the upcoming season that maybe we're not talking about right now 
Um, well, I'm not sure who you're talking about, but I we do have depth. And okay. getting KJ Himes back, getting Daniel Foster back, getting Hunter McIntosh back, um, that's those things have really happened, and now they're healthy now. And all three were playing well last year before they got hurt, so I think that obviously helps because they're both all three of them are old, uh, so they bring experience. And then guys like uh, Nick Davidson, who had a really good year last year in his first year, has gained a lot of weight and strength and uh, playing extremely well. And then I really like all the newcomers, uh, whether it be a transfer or a freshman, uh, they're adding to this program. And so right now we're healthy. we got 13 guys that are healthy and doing well. And hopefully I'd like to have a year where we, we stay healthy. So um, I like where we're at right now. Coach, real quick, just want to ask you, you know, you've had a lot of success in your tenure at Boise State particularly these last two years, having back-to-back -back tournament appearances, it's probably created a level of expectation. How do you balance that expectation with your own internal, the external expectations with your own internal expectations? And what is the mindset heading into the upcoming season? Well, you have to separate the two and, and out, the outside expectations, I mean, that's what you want. When I went to Boise, I hoped to build that. Mm. And we hope to be in a position where we have those expectations of, you know, hey, keep going to the NCAA tournament every year, all those things. But, you know, the, you have to separate those and the job is the same. Our job is the same as coaches and players. And it's about competing. And, you know, I think when you go in sometimes with expectations, uh, fans and the outside world thinks, okay, good, you got a good team. You're going to go win 100 to zero every game. No, you're, it's hard to win one game in college basketball and and you can't do it if if you're trying to be perfect you can't you just got to go out and let the fur fly and be a competitive group that finds a way and you know and finds a way to win when you're not having a great night those kind of things and you know i get to watch football a lot being at boise state and i've watched it over the years and so i get to see a lot of that where you know, I've, I've watched that football team deal with expectations over the years. And they do a great, they've done a great job of, hey, let's just go out and play football and compete. It's not going to be, you know, not going to be perfect. It's not going to be, and when you can do that as a competitor, then you're going to be fine. But when you start thinking, oh, you know, we're supposed to go win that game by 50 the first game. No, that's not going to, it's unrealistic. It doesn't happen. There's really good coaches everywhere, you know, on the schedule. And there's really good teams. And like I said, it's hard to win one game. And, uh, you know, so if you can kind of keep that focus and understand that and be at peace with that, then then you're going to make your team better. Coach, my question is, is when you took over Montana State, you were taking over a program that I think was nearly a decade without a winning season. And you turned that around pretty fast. Was it back-to-back -back in years three and four in the NCAA tournament? Now at Utah State hasn't been that type of history. And so what is your expectation for this team this year uh, heading into this season? Yeah, you know, we're in kind of a different scenario both ways. You know, obviously they've had great success, you know, the last 25 years here at Utah State. You know, we've got to basically start from ground zero and we got to, we got to build this thing back up to be a program. You know, I don't want to just build a team for one year. I want to get back to, you know, the Stu Morrow days of building that program and having some continuity and having guys for four or five years, which is hard in today's landscape. But, you know, I, just, I still think Utah State's one of those programs that you can do that, and that's why I took the job. Uh, but, you know, we have to we have 13 new, new players. And, uh, you know, I think us in New Mexico State, 
you know, are the only two teams in the country that don't have any kind of points coming back, rebounds, not a lot of minutes. And so, you know, we're going to have to get all 13 guys. And actually, we have 16 on the roster, you know, gelling together and playing together, which will take this team some time. But I like our character. I like our, you know, our toughness that we have so far. And, and we have some talented players. How do you do that? I appreciate what you just said about getting back to building a true program, the guys that are in the program for multiple years, and you even alluded to it in your answer just now, saying it's difficult to do in this landscape. How do you do that in this landscape? Like, where does that start? Is it in who you target in your high school recruiting? Is it who you target in the transfer portal? Like, where in sort of just this wild, wild west that we're in, like, how do you do that sustainably? Yeah, I mean, it's you have to get lucky. You know, you have to get some – High character guys that, that want to stay in your program. You got to treat them right while they're there. You got to coach them. You got to get them better. You know, not just on the court. You know, I think you know kids nowadays. You know, they want discipline and they want discipline off the court, even though they they fight you at times with it. But you know, I think they, if they know you, you know you're there in it for them and you love them, and you know, I think that's the only way to really retain kids nowadays. And then lastly, coach, um, is there a player? that I would say maybe has been an under-the-radar player this offseason that you have high expectations for that maybe guys like me aren't talking about right now? Um, you know, a lot of our guys, they've all kind of had their moments, you know. I mean, we've had, you know, one kid who's a freshman, Carson Templin, who's been a, you know, a bright spot, you know. Mm -hmm. as far He's come a long way since his first three weeks in the summer, but he just does it because of his effort and he plays hard, you know. So, like, he stands out because of his effort. You know, I'd say – you know, probably him. Everybody else we've kind of known about, and you know they've had their moments, but you know now we need those moments to become more consistent.